my name is Chris Slayton, and uh, I have a problem, okay? I am addicted to reading Men's Health magazine, all right? So I've been getting this since about 2001, and I read it a lot. I also am addicted to reading Men's Journal. Like I like to read it. And the thought is, you know, by reading this, maybe I can get into shape. And if you look at this, it says muscle made easy. And I've been reading this for years. And I, sometimes I look in the mirror and never once have I really seen my abs. Uh, I read it and read it and it's like I'm not getting any muscle. This tells about like, you know, going on an adventure as a man, like buying a bike a motorcycle and just doing things like that and I don't do it and the thing is with these I have a lot of knowledge but I have this I don't have a knowledge problem I have an application problem like I read these but I don't apply it to my life uh, if I was given a test on this the knowledge part I would know but I would probably fail because I don't actually apply it I don't do these things and we're going to find out here when we read about Abraham and Isaac, that God, the very first part of that is he gives him a test. It says he's going to test God. And like I said, with this, I would fail this test because I don't apply this to my life. Tests are not fun. I have test anxiety. I don't know if you guys do. I brought some examples of some tests, like this first one here. How many of you are afraid of this test? Anybody? Yeah? Because for you, it might look like this. Go to the another. You guys ever see that when you go? So the eye test. Go ahead to the next one. What about your driver's test? How many of you, if you had to take the written test again, do you think you would pass? Uh, Courtney and I had to do that not long ago, and we passed, but I was really worried that we wasn't. So we've got the driver's test. What's the next one? Uh, this, I took one of these once as a stress test. In the middle of it, the doctor said the purpose here is like we're basically trying to give you a heart attack. And uh, I passed that test. The next one, what test is this? Anybody know? Yeah, it says on their emergency broadcast test, and I love this one because I feel like I pass it. You know, I mean, you just have to hear it, right? You don't really have to do anything. I don't know if you have to get under a table or whatever, but, but uh, yeah, that test. And uh, the thing is with tests, like we all go through them. Some are easy and some are hard. And James 1, 2 to 4, it teaches us, it says, Count it all a joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. You know that the testing of your faith produces steadfast. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You see, the Bible, that book, is not just a book of information. Like, we don't come here just to get information. We come here also to make application. Like, we apply it to our lives. We do what it says. And uh, we see Abraham doesn't just have knowledge about God, but he has action when it comes to God. So as we study... No, it's not just about learning, but it's also about living. And as we look, we're going to find out through the test, Abraham did just that. The first thing is this. Abraham provides his trust to God. Now, Abraham is the father of the Jewish nation, and he's going to be put in a situation where it's very, you know, it's very possible where he could look at that situation and say that God is not going to come through on his promise. God told Abraham that he would build a great nation out of his descendants. So after he tells him that, there's a problem, you know, years go by. And then those years turn into decades, and, and it's just a long time. And then 
by this time, he's 100 and his wife is 90 years old. Okay? So finally, God allows his wife to get pregnant. And they have a son and they name him Isaac. And you can imagine if you're waiting this long you know, for that son, how much they have to really love Isaac. I mean, this is the start of his descendants building a nation. Genesis 22, 1 and 2 is where I'm going to read. If you want to turn in your Bibles, it says, After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he said, Here am I, here I am. Then he said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I tell you. So you can see Abraham here has to be conflicted. Like he just had this child, and now God is asking him to sacrifice that same child. And you know that Abraham knows God's voice. Because if it was me and God said that, I would say, God, is that really you? Like, God, do you want to, like, rephrase that? Is this really what you mean? You want me to sacrifice my son? How, are, how am I going to have descendants if I have no kids? But, but he, go, he trusts God. He doesn't question him. He obeys him. And uh, we have a hard time with trust today. So he provides us trust. And the reason we do, I think we live in a culture where, like, people lie, right? People will tell you little lies and big lies, white lies. Uh, they are on TV. People will lie to try to get your money. Uh, I brought some advertisements. Like, like, how many of you have tried to use this thing? Okay, that's the spray-on hair, okay? They say, like, if you're going bald, you can spray that on your hair, and you will have luscious locks like Thor, okay? So the only thing is, like, if you use that and then it rains, you look like a scarecrow, right? So what about the next one? This. This thing does not work, okay? Like, I, I bought this. Keegan and I bought it, and his office was really hot. We tried to use this. Terrible, terrible. It didn't work even a second, Okay, so you would be better off eating ice cubes and getting that thing. doesn't work. They lie. That does not cool room. Go ahead. Next one. That right there. That doesn't work. You know, I want to look like that guy, and he has this ab thing on, and you just turn it on. And then, and that guy, you know, I guarantee he's not just using that, right? I mean, he's probably lifting weights. But it's like an ab machine supposed to give you abs. doesn't work. It's a lie. Go to the next one. Okay, this facial mask is supposed to help your face. It's called the Rejuvi. Look at that thing. I mean, that. But my kids would be scared to death. Like, and I almost want to buy it just for that. Like, but uh, no way that that works. You can't trust that. Go to the next thing. And and on here, like, if you look at this, you can see that one. When you look at magazines, when I'm looking at this, like, here's Ryan Reynolds. I'd really like to look like Ryan Reynolds. I've been reading this forever. You'd think I would look like him, but you know what? My wife says I don't. Okay, so. Thing is, though, he's been, I guarantee he's been photoshopped and airbrushed. And you can see here, look at George Clooney, ladies. He's not very cute, is he, when he doesn't have all the, you know, airbrushed. Okay, maybe he is. I don't know. But then you got Tyra Banks. You can see the difference there. Now look at the, look at the hamburgers. So that's what you see on TV, and that's what you get when you get there. I mean, they have this artist kind of go through and make it look nice. How many of you have saw something like you see it? And then you're like, mm, that looks good. But then when you get it, you're like, not so good. You know, I mean, it happens a lot. You can see there, like, marketers, like, they try to take our money. They want to uh, gain our trust only to not really provide. Uh, my daughter, Chesney, she's been baking, okay? So I come home one day. She's never done this before. She said, Daddy, I made some cookies. And they're actually these no-bake peanut butter balls. I've never had anything like that. And she's never said, I just baked this all by myself, and I want you to try this. For some reason, that frightened me a little bit. And uh, 
she made them look just like what they were supposed to look like, but they did not look very good. You know, they just looked like they'd be something healthy. And uh, she said, try these. So I tried it. And you know what? It was delicious. It was great. So now when I come home the next time, she says, Daddy, I want you to try this. I'm going to have no problem. Now, if she said, Daddy, try this, and I taste it, and it tastes like kitty litter, like I would not want to try anything that she gives me anymore. But she gave that to me, and it tastes good. So therefore, I will... I will eat it, you know, when she says it. Uh, Lisa Livers, Keegan Livers' mom, like she made me this, uh, like, thing of Christmas candy. And uh, I love when Lisa makes stuff. I brought it home, and I was looking forward to eating it, and then my kids were like piranhas. I didn't get to eat any of it. They ate all of it, and they didn't even care. You know, they just laughed at me. So, and then I told Keegan about it, and he told his mom, Lisa, and then she gave me this great big huge thing of candy. Right? And I was looking forward to eating that. I took it home. And then the kids were like, what's that? Said, Lisa made us some more candy. And they all scream, ah, yeah. And they, like, run towards me. And I say, get away, fool. Like, this is my candy, and you're not going to get any of it. But here's the thing. Like, Lisa, they trust her. They know that she makes good food. If they tasted that and it tastes like kitty litter, again, when I brought it home, they would say, hey, I, I, don't, want, I don't want any of that. But the thing here with God is that we can trust him. Like, he keeps his promises. Every circumstance in the Bible, like, he keeps his promises. This isn't a God that sometimes he does or every once in a while he does. He keeps them, and we can trust him. We know, we can look, and we can read, and we can see that God is a God that keeps his promises. And Abraham, he knows that, and he gives God his trust Even when this sounds like something that he doesn't want to do and he doesn't want to go along with it, he goes ahead, gives him his trust. He also provides his worship. Genesis 22, 3 and 4 is where I'm going to be reading it. It says, So Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place that God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there and worship and return to you. So this is the very time, very first time in the Bible that the word worship is mentioned. So if you, he's going someplace, he's cut wood, he's got up early, and he's going to take him and what he thinks is sacrifice him. But you can see in Abraham's mind is that he thinks worship cost you something and it is worship does cost us something so you uh, dedicate your time to be here right now okay you give your testimony to people that's giving you give your resources and giving and giving your resources to build god's kingdom you're giving it's it's a part of worship worship is not taking but it's given when we worship it's not for us we are not the ones that are being worshiped god is and We want to lift our hearts and our praise to him and give him our time and our resources. I think all too often we think worship is like a show and it's made for us to come in and just feel good and just to leave. But that's really not the truth. You know, people, I've been a worship pastor before and different things and even here like in churches amongst in the United States, it's not anything for someone to come up to somebody. I've had people come up to me and say, hey, you know that song? I don't really like that song. My response is always like, you know, you mean that song that is about God and his love and how awesome he is? You don't like that? And they're like, no, I hate it. 
And I'm like, well, and I think the problem might be with you. Listen, like, what if someone wrote a song about your mom, okay, and, they were, and it talked about how great she was and how awesome she was, and then someone came up to you and said, you know that song about how great your mom is? I hate that song. I mean, we would think that's silly, right? But we do that when it comes to God. I don't like that sermon. You know, well, here's the thing. If you've been a Christian for a long time, maybe that sermon isn't for you. Maybe it's for somebody else because it's not about us. It's about God. It's about us giving to him. If you come into a worship service with a heart that's giving and you're going to give to God, then you can receive. Then the Holy Spirit can speak to you. When you come in and you're closed-minded and you just worry about what you want and you don't care what anybody else needs, listen, God wants us to reach lost people. And whatever it takes, like, we're going to do that. We're not going to water down the word. We're going to be true to that. But sometimes the way that we present it is going to change. We are going to give to God so we can reach lost people because that is what he wants us to do. Because worship is not just taking. Worship is also giving. And we see that Abraham, that's what, that's what he's doing. He's giving. He continues to worship even when things are not going the way that he likes. Okay. You, he's got to not want to go along with this plan. You know, but, but it says he's going to go do it anyway. He's going to go worship. And in your life, are you like that? Uh, my daughter Chesney, I've told you before, she had heart surgery when she's about six months old. They had to crack open like this bone, and they like they did real open heart surgery. And uh, when they were doing that, Courtney and I, we were on our way to the hospital to take her to get this done. So we're up early in the morning. This is the time. I remember on my Facebook, I wrote on my Facebook for my status that day that we were taking her. I put, I hate this day, and I did. I hated that day. Uh, I had a hard time wondering, God, like, what's going on here? Why is this going to happen? And, and on the way to the hospital, we were listening to Christian radio, and this song came on. And uh, Courtney, like, she starts crying, which makes me start crying. And it's, it's almost like we're worshiping God in this moment. And in that moment, I thought, God, listen, I, like, I trust you. Whatever happens, if something happens to her, I trust that she's going to be with you. If, if something happens and we... It don't go right. We have to give her extra care for the rest of her life. I trust that this is your plan, God. Like, I trust you. This is a time where I have to say, God, I, I believe what you say, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to worship you even when it doesn't look like what I want it to look like. And that's what Abraham did. Abraham provided faith. Genesis 22.9 says this, Then they came to the place that God had told them. So Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood. He bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar of the wood. This is the first time you're reading this story. Uh, You might be baffled and wonder, like, why would God want him to do this this plan? And if you think about about Abraham, imagine if you have a child bounding them up and then putting them on wood because you're going to sacrifice them. I mean, it would be terrible. Hebrews looks into his mind and tells us exactly what Abraham was thinking. It says this in Hebrews 11, 17, and 19. It says, it was by faith that Abraham, when God tested him, offered his son Isaac as a sacrifice. God made the promise to Abraham, but Abraham was ready to offer his son as a sacrifice. God had said, the descendants, I promise you, will be from Isaac. Abraham believed that God could raise the dead, and really it was as if Abraham got Isaac back from the dead. Now listen, that is faith. He believed if he sacrificed his son that God could bring him back from the dead. Now, 
Abraham here, like he can't look to Jesus, okay? That's not happened yet. He can't look to Jairus' daughter. He can't look to Lazarus. There is not a case where God has raised somebody out of the dead, but he is going to sacrifice his son. And in faith, you know, he says, I know God will keep his promise. And even if he has to raise my son from the dead, he will do that. That is a giant faith. My wife and I, we like Florida. Uh, We like the beach. We like anything like that. Uh, We went on a cruise for our honeymoon. We've been on a couple cruises But we went on this ship, and it was called the Sovereign of the Seas. Here's a picture of it. That's what it looks like. So never being on a ship before, we walked in, and and something, it was like a humongous ship, okay? There were escalators going up to the top. I thought it was just going to be like just floors with little stairways. I'd never been on one, but it had a movie theater. It was ginormous. It was like a small city floating on the sea, okay? So we got married in September, which is hurricane season, great time to go on a cruise. And so we're on the cruise, and then about the second day, there's some rough waters, okay? And it's it's really rough. It's so rough that, like, we're dressed up because it's the fancy day where you dress up in your fancy clothes and you go out. Courtney's ready and I'm ready, and uh, the boat starts moving. The door to our cabin is opening and shutting because it's it's so rough. Courtney pukes, you know, and then I say, well, I guess we're staying in. And she stays in, I say, I'm going to go, and I just want to look at the sea. I want to see what it's doing. So I climb up to the top of the boat, and uh, there's actually stairs. I didn't climb, you know, but I just went up the stairs. So I got to the top of the boat. I look. I can see the sea roaring around. It's pretty amazing. And, and uh, I'm not scared at all because in my mind I'm thinking, this boat is so big, there's no way that the ocean is going to sink this thing. I was pretty naive at that time. I thought the ocean is probably, what, 50 feet deep? So, like, if this thing sinks, the top of it's still going to be sticking out of the water. Like, there's this no way that this – I didn't even – I wasn't worried. I was very naive. I walked downstairs, and in on our floor, no joke, the power went off. People are screaming. This lady said, I think, did we hit an iceberg? We're in tropical waters, by the way. Like, I am not worried, though, at all. I'm like, this isn't going to sink because it's just too big. There's just no way. I mean, maybe that little Titanic that was back in the, you know, whatever, that was a little ship. But when I got back, I started reading about uh, shipwrecks. And, you know, I, I discovered that I was very wrong. Uh, one, the ocean is deeper than 50 feet. And two, ships sink all the time. Here's a picture of one. This ship here, like, I was reading about that. It made my blood pressure go up. I almost hyperventilated. This is, it says, that was the brand name of it. It's the MS Estonia, okay? The MS Estonia in 1994 had 800 and something people on it. It capsized. It sunk with all 800 people in it, and the 800 people are still there today. They're not alive, but they're at the bottom of the ocean in the ship, and it sank, listen, it sank 297 feet to the bottom of the ocean. 297 feet. I mean, that's a, lot, that's a lot more than 50 feet. I mean, so I didn't realize the ocean was so deep. Now that I looked at the Titanic, the Titanic is 12,450 feet underwater. That is three miles. It's three miles underneath the water. Okay? The Mariana Trench is 36,037 feet underwater that's seven miles under the water so every time i go to the ocean now i look at it a little bit different my kids say i want to swim the ocean i say Mm-mm, no way because like but i look at the ocean and seriously i am in awe of just how big god is listen god made these ships and they are humongous i mean i walked inside of them 
And the God of this universe made an ocean that is so massive, it is nothing for this ocean to swallow one of those ships. And it could swallow it so much that we would never be able to find it or see it again because we wouldn't be able to go down that deep. Our God is a huge God. Our God made these seas, and he also controls those seas. He can tell them to stop. He can make them do anything he wants. Our God is a huge God, and our God can handle anything that we have. And when we want to put our faith in him, I think we need to think about who we're going to. Our God is an awesome creator that created everything around us, and he can handle whatever it is that you have in your life. Faith is believing that God, faith is not believing that God will do what you want him to do. Like saying, now if I just believe enough, you know, God will do exactly what I want him to do. Faith is believing God will do what he said he will do and that God can do what he says he will do. And, and I believe that Abraham had faith like that. Do we have faith like that today? And then we see that God provides for Abraham. The fourth point, it says, Genesis 22.10, Then Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram, sacrificed it, burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain, the Lord will, be, the Lord will provide. You know, I'm sure that Abraham would have liked, I mean, God really waited until like the last minute. I mean, he's got the knife up and he's getting ready. I mean, he probably would have liked God to, you know, known the plan before he went on that trip on that mountain. No, but God waits to the last minute. And sometimes we have this small view, like, of what God wants for us or what our life looks like. You know, when you're looking for a job, but the doors keep shutting, that maybe you've had a diagnosis that you don't like. Someone that you know, you want them to give their life to Jesus, and it just seems like it's taken so long. Maybe you have a prodigal and your, your child is, is gone and you're waiting for him to come back. My kids have been taking this uh, sewing class, and you can go ahead and put that up there. The only reason I know what this is is because they take the sewing class. This is a, uh, oh, help me, it's a circle, embroidery circle, right? So, like, that circle, you stitch stuff into the front, and you kind of make a picture on it, right? So on the back, you can look, this is the back of it. On the back of this thing, when you look at them, you can tell that it's really hard to tell what's going on there. And sometimes they even look worse than this. Sometimes you can kind of see, but you really don't know what's going on. And you can go ahead and put it. So, and that's what the picture actually looks like. Now, I picture that God is kind of like this. Like, we see the back, okay? We don't know exactly what's going on, but God sees the front, and he knows exactly what's going on. He knows exactly what our life is supposed to look like. And you can think in your life, think about prayers that you've prayed. Maybe things that you've wanted. Maybe you prayed for this relationship to work out and it didn't. And now you're in a relationship and you're so glad that that didn't work out. Maybe you wanted kids at a certain time and it didn't happen. And you can look back and you can see for that reason why that didn't happen. Because God knew and he knows. And sometimes when God gives us answers, it doesn't always look like what we want to. 
Maybe if we give him our lives like he will provide, if we give him our faith, if we know that we're talking to this God that created the ocean that is amazing and he's such a big God, that we know he'll come through. It might not look like exactly what we want it to, but we know that he's in it. And just at the last minute sometimes when it looks hopeless, like here, I mean, he had the knife raised above his head and he was going to stab his son, God comes through. Sometimes God works the best when all hope is gone. And here's the thing about about this story. God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. And we look at that, we can agree that that is crazy talk. Like, we would not sacrifice our kids. Chesney... uh, the one that had heart surgery. Courtney, I remember when we were talking about we, we could have waited. They said you can wait or you can have it done right away, but either way, your daughter's going to have to have this heart surgery. So as I'm talking with Courtney, she's saying it's, it's really hard for me to give this child because her body is perfect. No cuts, no scars, no nothing. She's good. Like, and we're going to give her to these doctors, and they are going to cut her open. They are going to break her chest. They were going to take her heart out and work on it, put it back, sew it back up. It was, it was very hard. But here's the thing. Like, I gave my daughter to these doctors to do that to her only because I knew they were going to make her better, that she had to have this done. God gave his son knowing that we were not. God gave his son knowing that we were going to beat and we were going to kill him. God gave his son so he could make us better. And that's the difference between God and us. God loves you so much that he did that. And to me, that is a God that can be trusted. That is a God that comes through on his promises. He offered his own son, a savior, so we could be with him forever. And today, if you want to give your life to him because you you don't know him, or maybe... You've been living in a way that, that does not represent him. Like you can come forward today and you can pray. Frank's going to be up here in the front. I'll be in the back. Maybe today you just have stuff going on in your life and you want to pray with somebody and you just want to talk about that. We are here for you as well.